Greetings, astronauts, and welcome back to Astro Candy. I'm Raven, your host, and I am so excited to share with you part two of my interview with radio personality, producer, and singer, and of course, my friend, Emily Sklar. This is all about the hidden costs of chasing your dreams. But first, how are you? How's Pisces season treating you? If you are not drowning in a puddle of your own tears, then you're probably an air sign. No, (laughs) as an air sign, this Pisces season is wrecking me. I think I've cried every single day. The full moon in Virgo especially, not good. Not good for me. I had a complete meltdown about where I'm at in life, which is very ironic considering this episode was releasing. Okay, little behind the scenes here. This was recorded a month ago. And the journey of chasing your dreams is not linear. I mean, it's not just like an up and up and up. It's like an up and down and left and right. And sometimes you're high, sometimes you're very low. And lately I've been very low. Emily and I sort of touch on this in this episode, but something that you can't really prepare for when you're going through a period of uncertainty is the longing that you're going to have for the past. It's inevitable. Even though I know I was not happy, I still reminisce about my life in Dallas because it was comfortable. I had things in my life at that time that made me feel secure and safe. It was a career, yeah, that I hated. It was a house that I bought that I regretted. It was a relationship that I wasn't entirely happy in, but at least I had these things that were certain and brought me comfort. Because remember, we're driven by the ego and our ego wants to keep us safe. So when it comes to uncertainty, ho ho, your ego's like, fuck that. And even though I'm here in Los Angeles, actively, intentionally creating a bigger, better, more fulfilling life, especially to really set myself up for an amazing future, and I know I've been through so much, um, the uncertainty is really fucking scary. Emily and I talked about that in part one of this two-part interview. If you haven't heard part one, pause this one, scroll down in the show notes to find part two. I've linked it, but this is part two. And in this part, we're talking about the dichotomy of living in the present while looking forward to the future. I think Emily and I both had a similar feeling of like when we were dreaming our big dreams, we kind of forgot to be happy where we're at. And that's a really big lesson that we learned. So we talk about that and also holding the space for those big dreams and being excited about them coming to fruition. We talk about the importance of spending your life how you want instead of how you think you should. We share our experiences relying on tenacity and true grit to get us through the tough times, which are inevitable. The lows, they might be more than the highs. And we share about how we survive the ego death that comes with starting over. And it doesn't matter what facet of your life you're starting over. Maybe it's in relationship or career or fill in the blank. There's a part of you that has to grapple with the loss, grieve it, and also be okay with starting from the bottom and building a foundation again, even when everybody else around you seems to be so far ahead of you and you feel like you've taken 10 steps back. 
We discuss how our future plans have changed now that we've achieved a lifelong dream and why it's beneficial to keep your options open instead of hyper-focusing on one goal. If you like this episode, and I have a feeling that you will because there's so many uh, tidbits of wisdom and life lessons that we share, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to Astro Candy on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, or just tell a friend. All right, enjoy part two of The Hidden Cost of Chasing Your Dreams. I think a fulfilling life is, of course, the highs that you'll have those like moments of achievement but in my older age (laughs) I've realized that it's actually the teeny tiny moments every morning like waking up and oh my god I just found the best coffee creamer and I love putting it in my coffee every morning and sipping my cup for my little yeti coffee mug it keeps my coffee so nice and toasty I am not a basic bitch Emily and um oh I love having these scenic pictures on my television. They usually play music, but right now we're looking at Hawaii and the ocean. And it's so soothing and amazing. Like these little things, they're so minuscule in the grand scheme. Mm -hmm. They pale in comparison to like talking to Ryan Seacrest on the radio. (laughs) But like these are actually the things that keep you going. Because if, if it was just the highs... The lows are so, and I don't even mean lows. It's really just like evening out. Yeah. Even that can be a long time before your next achievement, your next high, your next goal, your next, I did this, next vacation, next promotion, next career pivot, next raise, next baby, next. Sometimes I worry for myself how many highs I've had. I mean, I have restarted my life so many times that's new job new city new friends new home every like three years and so I wonder about myself in two and a half years from now am I going to be okay mentally or am I going to be like gotta pick up gotta move I don't know I hope not because I really want to plant some roots but yeah it's just it's like reconciling the dreams with the reality of life yes that's yes that's exactly it and knowing that Sometimes it's okay to just like be present and like let go of just like certain moves that you wanted to make or certain things and just enjoy the present. I don't know. I never really understood like the idea of just being comfortable. I always was chasing something or was like striving for something. And now to me, the idea of like comfort just seems so appealing. I I recently was thinking about the fact that sometimes when you're chasing your dreams, it's really funny because I think personally for me, my dreams right now are so much simpler than they used to be. I find myself quite literally daydreaming about, oh my God, it'd be so nice to just call my mom right now and be able to like go get lunch with her. It'd be so nice to go visit my best friend who just had a little baby and like go sit at her house and like hang out with the new baby. And I have these daydreams of like simplicity And just like the important people around me in my life. Whereas before I had those things at my fingertips and all I could think of were like ginormous dreams. And it's really forcing me to be grateful for the moments that I'm in right now. And like while I yeah, while I am still chasing some really lofty goals to just really appreciate 
the moment, the space, the people I'm in, the people that are important to prioritize presence and keep that top of mind. And I, I don't think I was ever a person that was able to see that clearly before. I had such tunnel vision on coming to LA. My life wasn't going to start until I lived here at these experiences that I were having because I had some really cool experiences in DC and some really cool ones in Detroit as well. And like, I was like, oh, those are dope. But like, when I'm in LA, it'll be so much cooler. Like there was always this air of comparison of my own life to my future life, which I didn't even know if it was going to pan out. But now I'm really, really learning the power of presence. Okay. So a few things I want to mention Mm -hmm. based on everything you said, power of presence, huge. For me, it's so much more about the journey than the destination. I am so content and so happy to, you know, I have this podcast obviously, and it's taken on such a incredible life form. I mean, there's a community group, there's an Etsy shop, a newsletter coming out. Everything is going so fucking well, Mm -hmm. but it's not like I had these all on a goal list and was checking them off. They were just sort of naturally happening because every day I'm showing up and present Mm -hmm. and excited to work on my podcast. And this is just how it's spilling out of me. So I'll say that the journey has been amazing. I'm happy to be in Los Angeles be rooting down. I mean, I unpacked my house in like two minutes. Yeah, that was, I was nuts, by the way. <laughs> I owe it all to my friend Mercedes. She literally did the whole thing. Um, Excuse me, I built your shelves. You, right. <laughs> Give Bob the Builder some you, credit over you here. You and Mercedes. That is my favorite thing to do, by the way, <laughs> is build shelves. I don't know why. So random. So fun. Yeah, I'm ready to root. I've been exploring friend groups. I've been going out. I've been dating I've had I feel like I'm having such a fulfilling and full life and for me the difference between this life right now and any other iteration of it or I'll say any other iteration where I wasn't happy it is that I'm actually just doing what I want to be doing that's it Mm -hmm. Because I feel like when you're actually not doing what you truly in your heart desire to be doing, that's when you have the tunnel vision. And that's when you're like, okay, but I have to get to LA. I have to get to the morning show. Because all along when I was doing nights in Minneapolis and I had that dream of being on a morning show, it did feel like a waste of time being on nights in Minneapolis when I just wanted to be on a morning show. And I wish I could go back and tell myself, bitch, quit this job, find a morning show in market 146 and then, you know, realize your dream faster. Yeah. So you can be doing the things you actually want to be doing instead of dancing around them and like, oh, I got to put in the time. I got to put in the effort. I have to start at the bottom, which is true in most cases. But at the same time, if you are not in a way, in any way, doing what you really, truly, deeply want to be doing, your, your life will feel like a waste of time. And that is why I did not wait in Ohio, like my parents wanted me to do. They wanted me to stay in Ohio for a year. They said, Raven, you're transitioning careers. It would be a lot smarter for you to just stay here close to home, get like a small apartment and see how this whole VO things goes before you go out to Los Angeles and live off your savings and hope that it all works out. And I said, I can't do that because being here is wasting my life because it's not where I want to be yeah that's the point it's like a halfway it's a halfway and halfway is just as good as nothing preach Emily (laughs) like halfway is 
half ass. It's fucking shit. It's nothing. It's I'm never someone to be like, if you're not first, you're last. But if you're only doing something halfway, you might as well just not. Just just don't yeah. waste your time. Just go do something else, you know? Um, yes. Well, I, I do kind of want to know with you too, because you were taking that leap to do VO and you were taking that bet on yourself. How do you feel now, now that you've done it? It was a risk. <laughs> and it's still a risk. And... Remember when I was talking about the quantum leaps, mm -hmm. how when you make this incredible shift, it's like things just phew, take off to the moon the first three or four months and then you sputter out. Like, I don't know what that phenomena is. I'm going to maybe look in my manifestation manuals and see if I can figure it out. There's some type of energetic there. I, maybe it's just like a rehabilitation period. Maybe it's just like, you know, the pit stop where you just need to refuel. But I say that to say that when I transitioned from Philly to Ohio, I started VO and it took off. I was making the same salary I was in radio and I was like, I'm fucking set. Cut to making the move. I'm spending a lot of money to move. It costs so much money to move, by the way, when you don't have a company paying for it. <laughs> so much money. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, everything's, this is fine. Then September hit and I was like, oh my God, VO is slowing down. I did not know that to be a freelancer, you have to be aware of things like other people's budgets. And I guess in Q4, budgets are pretty exhausted yeah. by, you know, especially November and December. Emily, I was like, did I make the biggest fucking mistake of my life? <laughs> And I couldn't understand it because I was like, I'm so happy here. Mm -hmm. I love my life here. I love California. I absolutely want to stay. But I guess this is the part of the story, going back to the energetics, where this is where the grit, the determination comes into play. You kind of get that beginner's luck, yes. right? You take the leap and then luck is on your side. And you're also looking for like every ounce of joy and like, celebrating every win you possibly can in that time too. Definitely. And then things sputter out. They get a little bit harder. Reality sort of sets in. And then it's like, oh God, right. I do have to pay my bills. And I do have to work this job. And I do have to, and all these things. And I guess my point is, I came to a critical juncture moment where I was like, what do I do here? Do I hope and pray and utilize some of that blind faith that this will all work out in my favor and just keep going? Or do I like try to fucking sublease this apartment, pack up my bags, sell my shit, go home? Like I definitely had that moment where I was like, oh my God, this is month three now where I'm just moving money over from my savings, which just never feels good. I mean, I had it. I had it for this reason, so I had planned for it, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't, I wasn't like, I was like, oh, that's worst case scenario. And then worst case scenario was happening. But anyway, I say that to say that things have picked up and things are moving. 
it's kind of like what you said, how you were like, okay, I'm here now and I'm just going to kind of roll with any opportunity that sort of comes my way. That's sort of what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. And it opens a lot more doors and you feel a lot more like magnetic and like, oh yeah, like I've got opportunities here and there and okay, like, yes, we can do this. But again, you have to get past that critical juncture moment of go big or go home. Am I going to go home or am I really going to put nose to the grind, do the hard stuff, do the work, get through the shit? Because yeah, it's just like the honeymoon phase is over and then you're really living this life and you're like, do I really want this? Am I really going to make it work? And I think that's part of the I don't want to say test. It's not a test, but that's just how it is. Well, I have a question for you on that because I feel like I just celebrated living here for one year and a lot of people have told me, oh, you made it in LA a year. That's like a pivotal thing. But but that's the thing because a lot of people do leave. A lot of people do give up or a lot of people realize "Mm -mm, it's not for me. I'm leaving. So I want to know for you, like what was the driving force or, or what was it that you knew that, you know, giving up, going home, going back, when did the logic go away and like the the drive kicked in and how do you know which one to follow? Great question. I just know who I am and I know that at my core, I'm always going to be this very driven person. I know my dreams. I know my long-term goals. It's this podcast. It's monetizing it. It's doing the shop. I even was thinking about how cool it would be to open up like a Astra Candy brick and mortar, like one so of those cute. little metaphysical shops, but like a little more updated because those can kind of be like a little bit too woo-woo. I just have so many grand plans and not just LA, but California is the perfect place. I feel like I belong here. I've wanted to be here for so long and it's lived up to absolutely every single expectation that I've had. So to pack up and go home would kind of be like, Raven, you made it this far and you really love it. Why Why go home? Just It, it felt like settling. It felt like, oh, I don't want to do the hard thing, so I'm just going to like do the easy thing. And I've never been an easy way out. I've always been like a risk taker and higher risk, high reward. And I just know I'll look back on this time in my life no matter what happens. Even if the worst thing happens and I actually do have to go back home and live with my parents again. <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> but even if the worst thing happens, I'll look back and be like, I fucking did it and I'm so happy I did and yeah, but that's not really an option for me because I'm like, I love it here so much and I love this life I've created and this finally feels like my life. I finally feel like I have my friends, my work and I'm not doing things because I think I should or I'm not living somebody else's version of their happiest life or whatever. Like it's all me and that feels so good and I just want to keep up that momentum. It's kind of crazy thinking about that because it's like almost the exact opposite of where you came from, right? So you had all of this stability and this this job that was seemed so right and what felt like a dream and the monetary stability and a nice apartment and you had a life that you built somewhere and yet you were willing to throw it all away and walk away. And now here you are where it's almost the reverse. You're struggling with all of the things that you had previously, but you're so fulfilled in so many other places that walking away like just doesn't feel like any sort of option whatsoever. And it just is a testament to knowing that when you're choosing your dreams, when you're choosing to follow something that you're aligned with, giving up doesn't feel like an option. So if you are at a crossroads, 
and your mind is telling you, I want to pivot. I want to give up. I want to. It's not even like you're giving up. It's just that you're choosing to pivot because I feel like there's a lot of strength and a lot of power in recognizing that you need to walk away from something. Yes. Just as much power as in, you know, finding that grit and that soul and that drive. But it's just really allowing yourself to follow that intuition and follow that inner voice. And that's kind of, you just made me realize that's how you know yeah, whether you stick it out and use that grit to drive you or you pull away and use your soul to drive you towards something else. It's an ego death. And what I mean by that is like, yeah, I know I had it all from the outside. I mean, we both did. Oh my God, you're on the radio. You have such a cool job. Look at you, celebrities. You're interviewing this artist, that artist. Like, you know what I'm saying? Concerts and this and that. And yeah, the high-rise apartment and the swanky studio and all this stuff. And what I just mean is that's how you know if that isn't fulfilling you, it's coming from the ego. And so therefore expect the ego death. Nobody really prepares you for that. Like the ego death of, oh my God, yeah, now I'm struggling to pay rent and now I'm, you know, starting from the bottom in a new career in voiceover and I'm learning the ropes and I'm nowhere near where I want to be. It's hard, but again, it goes back to like what you want to be doing versus what you think you should be doing. There's a real lightness that comes with that too. When you let that ego die and you really move past that, there's this like, oh, I can really just live as my authentic self. I don't have to hide that I don't have money right now. I don't have to hide that I don't like doing that and that I would rather be spending my time doing this anymore. It is freeing. I mean, it hurts for a minute, but once you make that hump, it's so freeing. It's freeing to not care what people think. I think that's another reason people kind of like stay in their roles, stay in their jobs. That's something that was driving me. I was like, well, what are people going to think? If I leave this job, they're gonna be like, what the fuck? What are my parents gonna think? What are like, we talked about this. What is everybody gonna think? And then it was like, but this is my fucking life and I'm not happy. So who gives a shit what anybody else thinks? Yep. So yeah, I feel much more soul fulfilled and I will figure it out. I think that's another key point to make if the theme of this episode is chasing and realizing your dreams which is like things are going to be hard, very hard. So don't think that like, yeah, you're going to ride off into the sunset once you take the leap of faith. That's just not how it works. And I'm going to say that because I know so many people who do, so many people in the spirituality manifestation space who say, jump off the cliff and you'll be provided for and you know everything will work out i'm not saying it doesn't but like it's bumpy on the way down yeah there's an effort that has to be put in it doesn't just happen it doesn't just happen yeah it doesn't just happen like you really have to be but determined on, but on the flip side of it your dreams don't just have like sitting around waiting also is yes. nothing happens so it takes an effort so my question for you emily is Knowing what you know now, one year into your leap of, what what do you want to call it? Yeah. I guess. One year in LA. Yeah, one year in LA, leap of faith. Is there anything you would do differently? Hmm. Like if you could go back and tell year ago, Emily, hey, you're about to move out there, just, just do this first or know this instead. Like, it- I don't think it's nef- necessarily a move that I would do differently. I think I came here with all of this faith built up and this confidence built up. 
And I almost like attribute it to like how people get like an adrenaline rush, right? Like you can let that adrenaline fuel you to do some crazy things that you never thought you could do. Like what is it? You can like pick up a car if you have enough adrenaline or something. I feel like the first couple months I was on this like confidence boost because I made this leap and I was getting almost like all of this outside validation that like I'm so excited for you I'm excited to see blah 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 whatever and once that like boost and that that those rose-colored glasses came off I, I had a really big crash in my confidence I was in a new place I was in a place that I had built up so high in my head and I also had this air of like do I belong here I really didn't earn it I kind of just took it and after being here for a year, it's like everyone has their own journey of why they came here. Everyone has some sort of story. You don't have to always go a route to earn something that you think in your head. And I think I I like let that get in my head so much that I started questioning myself again and almost like retreating a little bit. And I don't regret it because I definitely learned a lot about myself that way. But I wish I could have just let myself exist and just let myself be more, be more present, be more confident, be more sure in my decisions. I think that would have changed maybe not a lot, but I don't know. I think it would have been helpful. Wouldn't it be so nice if we could time travel back and like just tell ourselves, hey, everything's going to be okay," or like give us our that little tidbit or wisdom of insight. But it's nothing major. Like I feel like there's nothing This last year has been overall majority like great and exactly what I expected and was hoping to expect, which kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, where you almost didn't come because you didn't know if it was going to be what you expected or be what you wanted it to. And I had that same fear. Like I had built up this place into like, if I move to LA, like all my dreams are going to come true. Like it's a fantasy land. And I don't know why. I don't know what that was based off of. I think the hills swindled me. All those TV shows. I was like, it's a beautiful place with beautiful yeah. people. I want to be there. Well, um, oh, the hills. I thought you were going to. Oh, no, you're no, gonna no. Like the show. It's like all of the TV shows. Little Midwestern kid in the middle of winter watching these like beautiful people walking on a beach somewhere. Clearly, you're like, I want that fantasy. And so I just I was scared that I wasn't going to live up to it. I was scared that I was going to make this drastic life change. And like you said earlier, like I was not going to be happy. I was so, I was so set on chasing my happiness and was so worried that I was going to be disappointed. disappointed. Yeah. And it wasn't going to happen. And it didn't, I definitely feel like I'm still in a place of finding joy in other places in my life, but it's not from this deep, dark rooted, hole that I was in previously it's more of like an exploratory feeling which is a lot more hopeful good yeah that's good I too had those rose-colored glasses just from watching like Laguna Beach Mm -hmm. and the hills and oh my god it does look like this amazing place where like the sun is always shining and I'm gonna say though that's pretty much true yeah honestly (laughs) it it really is that amazing I think the only thing where I'm like Jesus is whenever I'm in Beverly Hills I'm like where the fuck what planet am I on right now like I hate Beverly Hills and I know people like to go and visit and like Rodeo Drive and da 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 but like Beverly Hills I have beef with like I love it wait what I I hate it oh my god well I had this terrible experience at the peninsula in Beverly Hills have you been Mm mm-mm dude I swore that I would never go back unless I was a millionaire. Really? Or like married to one. Yes. Well, that's the thing about this place too. Like it, 
A lot of your self-worth is checked. Self-worth is checked when you're here because you're like, how do these people pay for this? Yeah. How do they have the ability to live this life? And I'm like struggling mm-hmm. to like pay my rent. I know. that That is something I definitely did not realize. I was like, I came here thinking like, oh my God, it's like all this wealth and abundance and blah, blah, blah. But there's like so many people who are struggling. And on the one hand, it's like, okay. <laughs> I feel less bad about myself. But on the other hand, you do feel like a little bit inferior and like, oh my God, like how am I going to attain what these people have? Like when we're on Runyon and we're seeing all those fucking mansions on oh the in the hills and their pools and they're like four stories built into the side of a fucking cliff. And you're just like, it's like seeing all the things you could have if you worked hard enough and you are like, well, I don't. Am I not doing enough? What am I not doing? How, how do I do it? But isn't it kind of exciting? Yeah, I kind of love it. it I drove a weird way to me. get here today and it was through all of these mansions in the hills. And I was like, mm, I love this. I'm in proximity to all of the things I ever wanted. Let it just yes. rub off on me. In manifestation, they say to, in order to manifest, it's really good to be around the things that you want to manifest. And I'm not saying like I want like this bougie ass, mansion or whatever but it is nice to be around wealth because I feel like it's attainable like you said yeah it's like it's within arm's reach like I could have this they figured it out I think I can figure it out and everybody is kind of hustling to try to figure it out so anyway that was more of a tangent about Los Angeles those are just some things that I'd like (laughs) did not realize coming here But it's funny, though, I will say, let me just chime in and say, I think those two like really important conversations that you and I both had, um, the one where we had it at Jones on 3rd, right before we were there, we were on top of Runyon looking out at Los Angeles and seeing all of those houses. And then the other one was when we were on the lookout point, which is essentially Mm. Runyon and almost the same view, but nighttime. Um, And we were kind of overlooking and seeing like what could be at your fingertips. I really do think that there is something to be said about um, you know, seeing what's tangible. I mean, dreams are something that it it's just something in your brain, right? A dream is not a tangible thing until you make it that way. So being around all of these things that are tangible, I really do think it, it's empowering. It's showing you it's possible. It's showing you that it's possible. And that is invaluable, in my opinion. Like, yeah, Absolutely. I... I I, I think that's why I like the hills and Laguna Beach so much because I saw what was possible. I was like, these people live this way. I, what? What is this? Like I, me being in Ohio, middle of winter. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Time me up. I want to go. But anyway, so what does your vision for the future look like now that you're one year in and maybe you don't know and that's fine and you mm-hmm. can tell me that. But like now that you're one year in Los Angeles and you kind of understand what the reality is, now what does the next two or three years look like for you? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I'm still definitely on a journey. Um, I definitely want to, I'm playing with a band, which was one of my big goals getting out here too. I was in a band in DC and I really wanted to be able to join another band and musically collaborate with other people. I would love to see more gigs more venues doing more stuff there hopefully working on original music doing something with that in the realm of like radio and podcast I'm in a space right now where I'm producing for other people and I think that's really cool um 
I don't know like what journey that's going to lead me on, but I'm excited to kind of see that side of my brain open up more and expand upon the skills that I've had in a really long time. So I do definitely still see myself in those two arenas. But I think for me, what I'm trying to focus on within the next two years is filling my cup in other areas. So I, like I was saying earlier with someone, like I never really spent much time dating and I'm hoping in two years, I mean, I'm going to be in my like mid thirties. I would love to realistically see myself settling down with someone and seeing more of like a family element come into my life. I think I'm finally at a place where I can actually like focus my energy on that part of my life. And this is like the first time that it's really felt like something I've wanted instead of a societal pressure that I should be going towards. So I I think that's kind of the area that I'm most excited to see grow in the next two years. I think career stuff right now, for the first time, I'm kind of just like, you know what? Let's ride it out and see where it goes. I have some goals, but like, whatever. I think that's the best place to be, mm-hmm. honestly. That's how I am. Like with this podcast, I'm like, I have goals. Like I, I've i got a certain number of downloads I'd like to hit and some guests I would like to be on the show and some new products I would like to put in my shop. And, you know, but it's just like, it's not urgent. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that's like on this pedestal. I'm not like, and once I do this, I'm going to be amazing. It's just like a slow and steady sort of. Yeah. And then with, you know, VO, it's like going to be getting a coach and um, taking more classes, more courses, learning how to act, which has been something that is like I'm terrified to do. But everyone says in VO, it's good to get acting under your belt so you can like do more video games or animation or just expands your pool. Yeah. Anyway, but I think that's the best way. How about you? To look at the future is just with like I'd like to do this and I'd like to do that but it's it's nothing that's gonna like you know it's not do or die do you have a two-year plan or are you kind of just riding the wave so everything I said about the career remains I really see myself coming into a relationship this year Mm -hmm. I have put this at the top of my to do Um, just as far as like it's on my vision board it's on my manifestation list I'm very serious about starting my life with someone because I view a relationship as and like I just saying me this is my perspective other people might see it differently and that's totally fine but I really want to like build a life with someone I don't really want to necessarily come into someone's life and like it already be established and then I'm just like walking in like hey I'm here do you want me to have your kids does that make sense <laughs> yes absolutely I really want to you know find someone that we can build a life together and travel and see the world and you know I don't know if kids are in my future I don't I don't know that because I have never really had the desire but it's one of those things that's like eh, if it happens but anyway relationship top of mind yeah, just keeping going on the career front and and like you said, seeing what takes me where. I am super stoked. This Club Pilates just opened in South Pasadena. And um I Are you gonna start working there? I might. <gasps> Do it. So so I already signed up for a membership, but I was talking to the general manager and I was like, Do you guys like are you guys hiring? Because they're brand new. And she's like, Yeah, actually, like give me your resume. I was like, okay. So I gave her my resume and I was like, that's also one of my goals is more fitness. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know, like anything could happen. And with the podcasting and VO, especially, it's all like so much creative brain. Yes. That I really want. I'm looking for something that is, you know, more fun, more hands on, more physical. And I just inherently don't know how to not make money doing things I love. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like- well, that was one of the first <laughs> jobs I had. So when I graduated college, one of the first things I did was on the side I was working in radio like street team very low on the totem pole but I started working at a is a bar studio so it's similar to Pilates but it was a bar studio and I think that that was some of the most like formative I don't even I wouldn't say training but like it was such an important piece of the puzzle at that moment in time for me because you know I was so fixated on a goal but I had this other outlet that was like healthy mentally and it kept me grounded and it kept me you know, from not going too hard in one direction. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking for too because as you know, dedicating so much of your life to one thing, I never want to be in a box ever again. Like I never want to have tunnel vision again. I want to see all the opportunities for what they are and see everything through. And I love Pilates so much and I was like, oh, I could like work at the front desk. That'll be so fun. And then I was like, well, oh my God, like I could become an instructor. Yeah. And oh my God, like I could so train fun. people. Like it's such a fun way to, are endless. It's such a fun way to, to connect. It kind of goes back to what I was saying in the beginning about the reason I went into radio was because I loved music and I wanted to connect with people. Yeah. And I did teach fitness classes and there was a moment in time where I thought I would, I was just going to go full force in fitness and I was going to quit radio altogether because it was that same kind of feeling of the bucket where you're connecting with people in your classes on a daily basis it's driven by music and it's also just like so mentally stimulating and physically stimulating that mm-hmm. I was like oh well I could see myself pivoting towards this yeah so you know it's fun to keep your options open and to see like yes what you enjoy and what you love to do and I don't know if you felt this way but when you have all this choice in your life, you really start to explore choice in other directions, whether it's like, let me try new restaurants. Let me try new experiences. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm realizing like how many things I wasn't doing because I was so stuck in tunnel vision that there's just like this whole world out there that you can explore. Yes. When I was in Philadelphia, I explained this to my therapist at the time. I was like, I feel like I have come into a maze And I've backed myself so far into the corner of a maze that I don't even know how to get out because that's like how far I took radio and the tunnel vision Mm -hmm. and cutting off all other options. And I just, I never want to do that again. So I would prefer to be perched up out of the maze, (laughs) watching everybody else in the maze (laughs) and deciding what I want to do. But yeah, options, I felt very deprived of them the first 10 years of my career. So now I'm keeping all of my options open. Do you ever feel overwhelmed with options though? Never. I need options. Board easily, air sign. I'm sure you you must feel similarly. Yes. I yeah. always need options, but I do get to the point sometimes where I get stressed and I don't pick any option and it's like inaction. So that's something I'm working on is like, just move towards something. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just move towards it. Move toward it. Doesn't have to be perfect. And it does not have to be your last decision. Like your next decision is not your last. So say you do mm. like, oh, like I this job, I don't know. Is it the one? Who cares if it's the one? Take the job and then, you know, keep your options open. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just to be clear, I do not operate that way in relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Um Okay, so my next and last question is, 
anyone who is following their dreams, chasing their dreams, what is one word of encouragement or advice that you would give them for this next phase? And I do want to emphasize phase because the decision is a blink, Mm -hmm. right? You make the decision, you take the leap, and then it's everything else after that. So what would you say to them? Trust yourself. Plain and simple. Trust yourself. Believe in yourself. Know what you bring to the table. Know what you have to offer. Don't let anyone tell you you don't. Don't let your doubt creep in and tell you you don't. Mm, mm -hmm. You made the decision for a reason. You have skills. You have talent. You have ability. Trust in it. And let it guide you. Yeah. Listen to your intuition. Your intuition knows. You You know. I mean, people, I read tarot and people always like come to me and they're like, oh my God, can you give me a reading? And I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'm just telling you what you already know, right? Because that's what the cards are. They're like an energy reading tool. And I'm just like helping you decide or decipher how you feel based on these cards that I'm getting that are based off your energy. And so my point is, is like, yeah, listen to your intuition What's funny about intuition is usually it's the thing that you're like, this makes no logical sense. Mm, Yeah. Like it really made no logical sense for me to move to Los Angeles. It was not a financially smart decision. Same here. It wasn't like... Still struggling over here, by the way. Still struggling. It's like, it's not the next best career move. Like I could have at least like got another radio job and just downward. Like there's other logical things I could have done, right? But that, that was, that's a should. Happiness doesn't operate on logic, by the way. Yes. And I feel like everyone in life, um, I think like the ultimate goal is to chase happiness. Like truly, if you boil it down, I know that's like a really privileged thing to say, But like truly, when you boil down like the point of it all, like we should just be here to enjoy an experience. 100%. So just remember that doesn't operate on logic all the time. It doesn't operate on logic. But that's such a good point. I feel like we get like so caught up in like the shit of it all and like the shoulds of it all. Like, well, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. But it's like, well, what makes you happy? Just do what makes you happy. And yeah. I'm like, who said you should? Yeah. Who said your subconscious limiting beliefs and societal programming. But that is a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, Emily, thank you so much for being on the Astro Kitty podcast again. I don't think I told you this, but our first interview was the number one listen to episode of season. I think that was season two. Wow. So that's exciting. I hope this episode fills your cup as much as it just filled mine. Like this was such a fun conversation and great. Loved and it. It's awesome. I love it. It really is so surreal to look back on the last year and a half of my life and see how much has changed. It's like the moment in every hero's journey where they realize like, wow, I've come so far, but there is still a ways to go. It reminds me of The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. I feel like I fucked up that pronunciation. I'm so sorry. It's my favorite story, so near and dear to my heart. And honestly, it should be required reading. I read this book over the summer. It was a recommendation from my dear friend Eden, and I could not help but notice so many similarities between my story and the boys, a shepherd named Santiago who travels from his homeland in Spain to the Egyptian desert in search of a treasure. Now, this story is about so much more than just a treasure. You kind of have to read between the lines. There's a lot of symbolism and just a lot of contemplating the true meaning of life and how to live it. 
I know, it sounds like a lot. Maybe that's too much for you. This Pisces season, you're already in your feels. I get it. But let me read you this passage from the book that is, it pretty much summarizes how it is to follow a dream, especially when things get really hard. Is that the one thing I still need to know? No, the alchemist answered. What you still need to know is this. Before a dream is realized, the soul of the world tests everything that was learned along the way. It does this not because it is evil, but so that we can, in addition to realizing our dreams, master the lessons we've learned as we've moved toward that dream. That's the point at which most people give up. It's the point at which, as we say in the language of the desert, one dies of thirst just when the palm trees have appeared on the horizon. Every search begins with beginner's luck, and every search ends with the victors being severely tested. The boy remembered an old proverb from his country. It said that the darkest hour of the night came just before. It's like that Ten of Swords moment in the tarot. When you have been battered, you have been bruised, you are face down in the mud, you are this close to giving up. But congratulations, because that means you are on the brink of a breakthrough. The Alchemist is a fantastic book. I highly recommend it on your spiritual journey or for just like a deeper understanding of life and why we're all here. It's such a quick read. I read it in like two days. It's a short book. But I'm telling you this because if you have the courage to set out on a journey to fulfill your destiny, and that's just step one because most people don't even have the courage. They have so much fear about what it's going to take or about if it's possible or about if it's worth it. So if you've had that courage and you're setting out on the journey, then I want you to remember that you must also conjure the tenacity and grit to get there. It is not easy. It's not. But it's worth it. The journey and who you become in that journey is worth it. It is part of your destiny. Okay, I'm going to hop off my high horse (laughs) Um, and just encourage you to read that book encourage you to chase your dreams. And hopefully this brought you some sort of solace if you are in the thick of it all. And you're just like, should I give up? Should I give up? The answer is no. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope there were some words of wisdom that you took away with you and find value in. And uh, yeah, I cannot wait to see you next week. Bye. Bye.